Today we celebrate the solemnity of the Ascension. Um, in most dioceses throughout the United States, it's, uh, the Holy Day is transferred from Thursday to Sunday, um, such as it is uh, in, in our diocese as well. Um, therefore, more people you know, are able to celebrate uh, this solemnity. Uh, when I was down in Ash Fork last night, I was asking the children just about different, you know, different celebrations that we have as a church, you know, and I asked them all the easy ones, like, you know, what is Christmas about? They said Santa Claus. And I said, get out. Um, you know, they said Jesus' birth. You know, what's, what's Easter about? Jesus rising from the dead, good, you know. What's uh, Good Friday about? Jesus died on the cross, um, etc. And, you know, so then what's Ascension about? Well, it's, it's within the name itself. Jesus ascends into heaven. Um, now, it's important as Catholics that we can identify the feasts just, you know, plainly like that. However, that's, it's not really, I mean, it's good for children to be able to do that, but for adults to not be able to say more than that is not really, is not really all that good. We, you know, I'd hope to get you to a point where you could say a little bit about each of the feasts, you know, well, why do you celebrate that? I don't know, because... <laughs> Father said I had to, you know. We want to do a little bit more than that, right? So the uh, Christmas is not just about, you know, well, Jesus is born. Well, yeah, so God becomes man is, is the fuller mystery. And, and what does that mean, you know? And uh, Good Friday, Jesus dies on the cross. Okay, fine, but what happened? So there's the what and there's the why. So today I'm going to talk about the why of the ascension. And yes, this will be on the test at the end of the semester. Okay, now one way to think of this, um, and really to think of the entire activity of Jesus, is sort of this, uh, this coming down and going back up, coming down and going back up. Uh, what, you, what you have with Jesus is his entire mission was to reconcile God's people with, with God. So to reconcile fallen humanity with the Father. Jesus' mission was not to be this great teacher who just told everybody to love one another. It's not his mission. He wasn't even that good of a teacher. What? How can you say that? In the moment, he wasn't that successful of a teacher. John chapter 6, they, all, they pretty much all left after he taught them about the Eucharist and would no longer follow him. Yes, they celebrated his entry into Jerusalem. Then they killed him, and they all deserted him before the end. You might say, well, he was successful after the fact, you know, as, as his message grew and continued throughout the region and into the Roman Empire all the way to today. And I would, I would say, yes, you're, you're correct. But in the moment, you know, his teaching was not the central reason he came. The central reason, the main reason Jesus became man was to reconcile us to the Father. Everything else supports that one mission that one mission. And it's the essence of Christianity. Jesus died upon the cross to save us from eternal death and reconcile us to the Father. Okay? That is the essence of Christianity. So when we look at then, then the incarnation, carne, the enfleshment, the incarnation of Jesus, we have the second person of the Trinity always existing with the other two persons of the Trinity for eternity, always existing. And at one point in time, the second person of the Trinity took on 
our human nature. Remember, God's nature is divine. Our nature is human. You say, well, what's, Father John, what's your nature? Human. What about the deacon? Human. What about those guys? Human. What about, you know, no matter what your husbands think, they are not divine. They are, they are all human. Every single one of them. That's our nature. So when we say who, we say John, Chris, you know, who. When we say what, we say human, 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 human. So when we say who about God, the answer is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When we say, well, what is God? We say, well, God is divine. That's his nature, okay? So God is divine, always divine. And that at a particular moment in time, the second person of the Trinity, divinity, takes on our nature. So unites human nature with the divine nature. This is an amazing thing. You know, why would God ever, you know, choose to do something like to become part of his own creation? The nature which had been fallen, right? Human nature was fallen, even though, of course, uh, you know, the, the human nature that that Jesus took on was not fallen or corrupted by original sin, nonetheless, to become part of his creation. And why? Because God would do for us what we could not do for ourselves. We could not reconcile our, ourselves to the Father. You know, if we took Mike and George and Mike and Chris and killed them and said, we're going to offer a sacrifice to the Father, it's not enough. What if we had a few more in? Not enough. The whole town of Williams, not enough. Because none of those deaths are perfect. None of those deaths can reconcile fallen humanity to perfect divinity. Because it takes a perfect sacrifice. So Jesus becomes man to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Dies on the cross. Rises from the dead. And he just doesn't rise from the dead as God. He rises from the dead as man. It's as man how, that he rises from the dead. So he undergoes death and then shows us resurrection. And then today ascends back to the Father and doesn't ascend back to the Father merely as divinity. He ascends back to the Father as humanity and divinity. So he takes back to God our own humanity. He does for us what we could not do for ourselves. He comes down to unite us with him, and then he goes back up to unite us with our Heavenly Father. I mean, this is amazing. This is amazing. Father, no, I'm really bored right now. No, it's really amazing if you think about it. Because, you know, I don't know if I can get it out of my head to explain why I think it's amazing. But, you know, a lot of times we say, well, you know, I'm just a... Just a regular kind of guy. I'm a regular guy. Just a, just a guy. How many of you, I'm going to make you participate, all you old people. How many of you are baptized? Raise your hand. Okay, that's good. This is a good place for you to be, given that you're baptized. All right. Not a single one of you, by the way, I'm baptized too. Not a single one of us is just a regular guy or a regular woman. Because what God has done through virtue of baptism has radic he's radically altered and changed us. We are no longer the same. He has completely altered our nature. Even our human nature is altered. Right? We've become a new creation. 
We have uh, become adopted sons and daughters of Christ. What has he done in baptism is he has given us a share in his divinity. So the, the coming down from heaven, uniting humanity with divinity and then going back up and, and uniting humanity with divinity, you know, with the father, in a sense, can feel abstract. Like, well, what does that have to do with me? Well, he did it for us so that we can enter into heaven. Okay, that's, that's good. You know, we like that. But how does that affect me now? Well, the way that it affects us now is through this process. Already, already we are being saved. Already, Christ's divine life is within us by virtue of baptism, by virtue of all the sacraments, and repeatedly, of course, through the sacrament of Holy Communion. This is what Jesus intended so that all throughout of our, our human existence, God's life can be in us. Not only is humanity and divinity united in sort of the abstract or in Jesus Christ, but divinity and humanity is united within our souls already. Already we have become new. Already we have become transformed. And you know, so many people just, they just don't live their lives like they've been transformed. They live their lives perhaps as Catholics like, well, I, I have to do stuff as Catholics or the guilt Catholic or the, the coercive Catholic or the, the, you know, the obligational Catholic, merely doing what I have to do and not recognizing that our dignity has been altered for something that our, our freedom now is given for Christ, for virtue, for goodness, that it opens us up to something greater than we could have ever achieved on our own. This is pretty amazing when you think about how divine life can be within each one of us every day and within us growing, growing and helping and strengthening and of course, most importantly, perfecting us Okay, so I expect all of that on the oral exam, word for word. <laughs> so if you remember anything, wrapping it up, to remember anything, remember this, this sort of process of, of coming down and uniting and then taking back up to the Father, doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. It's about reuniting or uniting us with God for all of eternity and where Jesus has gone, of course, we hope to follow. Please stand.